The following is a presentation of the Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Pastor Chris Tice. For more audio and video content, please check us out on the web at www.opendoornj.org. A very sincere religious man came to Jesus. He inquired about the means of living forever. What, uh, what can I do to have, to inherit, to possess uh, eternal life? It's a good question, isn't it? A lot of people want to know, hey, uh, there's religions that tell you do this, you do that. That means you get to go to heaven. Uh, you heard uh, Brother Fry even talk about, uh, you know, being a, a Baptist, a member of a Baptist church, having been baptized and saying a prayer uh, doesn't mean you're going to heaven. You have to have a relationship uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we see a young man that really had the wrong idea, didn't he? He had the wrong idea about some things. And, and there's too many that are like this young man. They become interested and spiritual things and come face to face with the Lord Jesus, uh, but they do not follow through and receive him into their lives. What a tragedy that is. For uh, far too many people miss Jesus every day, don't they? They just miss him every day. It's not that he's not available. I mean, we live in America where we've been founded on Christian liberties. Uh, uh, We're not celebrating, again, uh, Western religion here. Christianity existed before America. America's founded on uh, Christian principles. It's why we've seen uh, the freedoms and the successes that we have as, as, as Americans. But the truth is this morning is we're not talking about Western religion here. We're not really even talking about religion. People have this idea that uh, this is an American thing or this is an American idea or this is, this is an idea that some man came up with. And they miss Jesus every day. You can walk into a dollar store today and pick up a copy of God's Word for one dollar. There's piles and stacks and piles of... There's countries where they're not allowed to have God's Word, but yet in America, we can get it any place. It's available to us online. We can get it... Uh, we can read God's Word, yet people just miss Jesus every day. It'd be sad. You walk into uh, a church house and hear the preaching of God's Word, hear the testimony uh, of changed lives and miss Jesus. And miss Him because... Uh, not because uh, salvation is not available to you, not because Jesus can't save you, but because you have the wrong idea. Because you're not thinking or, or responding to the invitation, there, there are really uh, some, some reasons why this young man missed Jesus. And, and after 2,000 years, people are still making the same mistakes that he made. And, and I want to look at the, these five things. And if you have your bulletin today, there's, uh, the points are right there for you. The passage is there if that can be a help to you. But, but number one, I believe that he had the wrong idea about salvation. He had the wrong idea about salvation. Notice uh, what he, he asked in his question. He said, what can I do? What can I do? You know, a lot of people, they ask that same question when it comes to salvation. They say, what can I do? What can I do? The answer simply is you can do nothing. The Bible says that it's not of works as any man should boast. The Bible says uh, uh, that it's not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy that he saved us. See, it's not what we've done. A lot of times we come to Jesus and we bring all the things that we've done. We bring what I've done. Look, God, what, look what I've done. And, and a lot of times this is what's hard for people to come to Christ too. They come in, they say, well, uh, well I wasn't a drunk and I wasn't an a, a, a abuser of drugs and I wasn't a criminal and I wasn't a, a, an adulterer and I wasn't a murderer. I didn't do all these things. Uh, I, I was a pretty good person. And so we bring to God, we say, God, I've been good. What can I do now? to get eternal life, to earn eternal life. And it's the wrong question, isn't it? He said, what can I do? There are many uh, false views concerning salvation, aren't there? But really, all of of, uh, beliefs can be uh, categorized into two places. There's, There's people that believe you can work your way to heaven, 
And then there's the truth that you, salvation is by grace through faith and that not of ourselves. Because all the world's religions say you must do this. You must do that. If you're going to go to heaven, if you're going to inherit eternal life, you've got to do these things. There's only, uh, hey, let's be clear this morning. There's only one way of salvation. It's in the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man come to the Father but by me. If you'll ever be saved, then you must get to the cross and meet Jesus. He's the only way. And boy, he's made himself uh, known to us. He's revealed to himself to us. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and, and full of truth. And he has not left us alone. He's given us his spirit. And boy, he's poured out his spirit on the church of the living God today. He's given us the full canon of God's word. Hey, aren't you glad that you have the word of God, the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ? He's the theme of the word of God. He's the purpose, the focus of the book. And we know that Jesus Christ is the way. He had the wrong idea about salvation. I don't know about you this morning, but if you're thinking that you're saved because you did something, then you've got the wrong idea too. If you think that you can be saved because you're going to do something, then you've got the wrong idea too. Some people, sometimes they get the wrong idea because I think maybe it's our fault because we don't clearly preach the gospel. We say some things and, and we give people the idea that it is, it is by coming forward, bowing the knee, bending, uh, bending the knee and bowing the head and, and praying a prayer that they're saying, we don't see any life change, we don't see any difference. And people say, well, I've been saved. But the truth is, the Bible tells us that if you truly have been saved, that God will change and has changed your life. You will not be the same. You will not be the same in Christ, uh, person if any man be in Christ. He is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You cannot meet Jesus. He cannot enter in. Uh, the Holy Spirit of God cannot indwell uh, you without change happening. Uh, it, is a, it, is a, it is a fruit uh, of the presence of God in your life. He had the wrong idea about salvation. Number two, he had the wrong idea about the Savior, didn't he? He had a wrong idea about the Savior. Look at verse number uh, 16. He said, And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? Good master, good man. Hey, good man, a, a great man even, but not God. Listen, if you believe Jesus is someone other than the only begotten Son of God, God, 100% God, 100% man, God in human flesh. Any other view concerning Jesus other than he's 100% God and 100% man will never bring you to the place of salvation. Because Jesus was more than a man, wasn't he? He was more than a good man. He was more than a great man. I mean, even in conversation with his disciples, uh, Jesus asked the disciples, he says, who do people say that I am? And some said he was a prophet, and some said he was a good master, and some said he was a, a good man. But Jesus turned to the disciples and he said, but who do you say that I am? And Peter said, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. I wonder today, who has the Father in heaven revealed to you that Jesus Christ is? Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. He is the only begotten Son of God. And, and by the way, you can, you can believe that G Jesus was a good man, but it's not going to get you to heaven. You can believe that Jesus was a wise teacher, but it's not going get to get you to heaven. Jesus wasn't just a prophet. Jesus wasn't just a teacher. Jesus wasn't just a master. Jesus is God. Amen. 
And Jesus put on that uh, robe of human flesh. He, he took off His glory. He came down to the earth uh, so that we might have redemption, so that we might have, be redeemed by His blood and have remission to our sins. Uh, uh, John the Baptist, didn't he well identify Jesus Christ as Jesus walked along the Jordan River? He said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. Listen, anybody who's ever truly trusted Christ as Savior had to confess with their mouth the Lord Jesus Christ. That he is the Lord. He is who he says he is. Boy, it's a sad thing when people think that Jesus is just good. Or that he's just wise. Or that he's just a good teacher. Uh, He had the wrong idea about the Savior. You must believe it all or you'll never be saved. Not only did he have the wrong idea about salvation and the Savior, but he had the wrong idea about his sins, didn't he? He had the wrong idea about his sins. A lot of times people get this wrong. You know, if you, you look at what he said... Jesus said to him as, as a test to him, he gives him, he gives him the Old Testament. He gives him the, the tablet, the law uh, that God gave to Moses. And then he gives him another law that Jesus gave that said that all the law and the prophets hung on. He, he said, love your neighbor as yourself. And notice his response when Jesus gives the law in verses 18 and 19 to him. In verse number 20, the young man says unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? You know, when when you present uh, the plan of salvation to people, when you present the gospel of Jesus Christ to people, some people come away with, uh, you know, I'm not a sinner. You know, I'm not a sinner. I've, I've been a good person. I've done good things. I mean, how many of us know that this could not be the case in this young man's life? This could not be the case that he had kept every law from his youth up and he had never broken the law of God. He had always loved his neighbor as himself. He had always honored his father. He had never, never lied. And he had never done any wrong. And, and even as Jesus talked about the, the spirit of the law that was given, we understand that, hey, we've all together become unprofitable. There's none that doeth good, no, not one. We, we understand that there's none righteous, no, not one. We understand that for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, that uh, when we compare uh, our goodness to His, all our righteousness is what? Filthy rags. And some people, they come to God with these filthy rags and they say, God, I've been good. What do I lack? Why do I need you in essence? Why do I need a Savior? I'm good enough. I've done so much. Just tell me, give me another commandment to keep. Give me another law. Give me another work to do. I've, I've completed it all. Some people come with their confirmation. They come with their baptism. They come with their catechism. They come with, they come with all these things to God, and they say, I've done all this, God, and it, it must be good enough. And God says, what about your sin? What about your sin? And a lot of times we say, well, you know, I'm not a sinner. I've had people say that. I'm not a sinner. I'm not a sinner. You see... Uh, the sin that you first committed, when you first committed your first sin, it didn't make you a sinner. You were a sinner before you committed your first sin. The reason why you committed that sin is because you were a sinner. See, our first sin didn't make us a sinner. We sinned first because we already were sinners. It was in our very nature to do it. Nobody had to teach us to do wrong. Nobody has to teach us to lie. Nobody has to teach us to cheat, to steal, to, to, to seek to, uh, to uh, do uh, more for ourselves than we do to others, to love ourselves more than we love others. Nobody has to teach us to do that. It is our nature. We're born with that nature. We're selfish by nature, aren't we? We're stubborn by nature. We're sinful by our nature. We were born that way. Uh, the psalmist said it this way, In sin did my mother conceive me. 
He said, I I, I was born in sin. Listen, there's something that we need to acknowledge here. We were born in sin, but he who was born sinless became sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God through him. You see, Jesus Christ was the only one that was ever born sinlessly perfect. It doesn't matter, listen, whether you think you've done a little, uh, a few sins or you've done a lot of sins, the truth is that all sin uh, is, is the reason why people are condemned and separated from God. And sin separates us from God. And the Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Listen, uh, if you'll miss following Jesus, if you'll miss uh, the truth of who Jesus is, it's because you have the wrong idea about salvation, you have the wrong idea about the Savior, you have the wrong idea about your sins. Salvation is always accomplished by two things, conviction of sin and confession of sin. It's accompanied by these things. I I need to be convicted of my sin. Listen, the truth is, is you've never been convicted of sin, you've never been saved. If you can do wrong, if you can sin against God, if you can break God's law and not have any conviction in your heart, the truth is you've never been saved, friend. Because in order for someone to be saved, there must be conviction of sin. When the Holy Spirit comes in, what does He do? He leads us and guides us into all truth. Yes, He's a comfort to us. Yes, yes, He gives us wisdom. Yes, He gives us direction. But the work of the Holy Spirit in my life and yours is also when I do wrong. How about you? That He says, you shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have thought that. You need to get this right. You need to make this right. This is wrong that you... Listen, when people say they're Christians and they, they have no conviction for doing wrong. In other words, they need to be caught by an authority. They don't have conviction. The authority is not within. The authority is always without. You know, that's, that's how people operate that are lost, isn't it? As long as you don't get caught, it's okay. But the truth is, as a Christian, we get caught before anybody sees it. Because the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. It's not a matter, did I get caught? It's a matter, does he know? And we know he's omniscient. He knows all things, doesn't he? As a Christian, we, we're caught before anybody else knows. And boy, what does the Holy Spirit do? Just like in Matthew 18, he instructs the church, what does he do? He comes to, to us alone first, doesn't he? He comes to us alone first, and he says, hey, you've done wrong. You need to make this right. Aren't you glad that every time you sin, the Holy Spirit doesn't let everybody else know? Every time you do wrong, the Holy Spirit doesn't let everybody... He he comes to us first alone, but if we will not receive Him, you know what sometimes has to happen? He has to bring another person with Him, doesn't He? Sometimes a preacher, sometimes a message, sometimes a brother, sometimes a friend. Sometimes He brings that brother or sister in Christ, and he He says, hey, listen, you've done wrong. You haven't received my conviction, so you need accountability here. And then, boy, what happens is when we don't receive that, you know, it, gets, it just escalates, doesn't it? Jesus revealed to us how he handles things in Matthew chapter 18 and then told us to do the same and how we handle things. And notice, notice our sin. Our sin is what separates us from God. But uh, we know that when we sin as a Christian, what does 1 John 1, 9 teach us? If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have no sin, we make him a liar and the truth is not in us. The Bible says, if we say we have no sin. See, this, the problem with this young man, the confusion with this young man, the, the wrong idea that he had is that he said he had no sin. I'm okay. See, sin is breaking God's law. He said he had never broken it. I'd never, I've never broken God's law. I've always kept it. From a youth up, I've kept it. He had a wrong idea about his sins. Uh, number four, he had the wrong idea about his stuff. He had the wrong idea about his stuff. Notice what the Bible says in verse number 21. Jesus 
said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. You say, is this what Jesus wants every disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ to do? No, but he wants you to do it if he told you to do it. You say, what are you talking about? Jesus is telling this man specific. He's not saying this is what you have to do if you're a Christian, but he's saying to this man that's what he needed to do. You know why? Because he had some idols in his life, didn't he? He had some things in his life that were robbing God of worship. He could not worship God because he worshiped his stuff. He worshiped his things. There's some Christians, they have the wrong idea about their stuff too. They think that their things are what make them uh, what they are in life, that their possessions make them who they are. Their identity is in what they have. Their identity is in what kind of car they drive, what kind of house they live in, what kind of job they have. How much money is in the bank? Their identity is wrapped up in material possessions. Uh, Their identity is is that I have all these things. And boy, if the bank account emptied, uh, if they lost their job, if they lost everything, if the the bottom fell out, they'd have no identity. Because all the things they worship, they'd be be completely, completely without what they trust in. Notice the Bible says that he was sorrowful. He had great possessions. No, no material possessions, no sin, no pleasure, no indulgence is worth going to hell over. None of them. Jesus said, what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? What shall a man give in exchange for his own soul? Last Sunday morning we talked about the exchange. Jesus exchanged his life for ours. There was an exchange there because he valued us. God valued us so much that he gave his only begotten son in exchange. See, how we determine value is what's given in exchange. We don't value our lives when we give our soul and we exchange it for these things in this world. This young man was doing that. He was willing to exchange eternal life for his present possessions. You know, so many times, even as Christians, we're guilty of, of sacrificing the eternal on the altar of the immediate. We think, I want this now. The Bible tells us this, the pleasures of sin for a season. Listen, let's be honest this morning. There's young people here. Sin is pleasurable, but it's only for a season. It does not last. Uh, boy, it doesn't mean it's not fun. It doesn't mean you're not going to have a good time. It doesn't mean you're not going to laugh and you're going to party and you're going to have all this fun. The Bible never says that it's not fun. It even tells us that it's pleasurable, but it warns us that it doesn't satisfy, that it's just for a season, that, hey, be sure your sin will find you out. Whatsoever man, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever man soweth, that shall he also reap. Whoso soweth to his flesh shall uh, of his flesh reap destruction. But he that soweth in the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Hey, where are you sowing in your life? Uh, What is the direction of your life? What is the focus of your life? Are you focused? Are you worshiping the possessions that you have? It's so sad sometimes uh, when Christians try to uh, almost separate their Christianity from their generosity. The truth is that all Spirit-filled Christians are generous. All Spirit-filled Christians are givers. All spirit-filled Christians say, it's not mine. I'm not determining how much I give to God. I'm really determining how much of God's I'm going to keep for myself. Because it all belongs to Him. Do you believe that every good and perfect gift comes from above? Do you believe that it's all His? I mean, it is all His. Aren't we just stewards? Does not God bless faithful stewardship? He says, hey, hey, listen, I'm going to... You know, sometimes the blessing 
of doing what God says is just doing what God says. It is the blessing. You know, sometimes we're, we're, we're trying to give, uh, we're trying to barter with God. God, I don't have a lot. I'm going to put this in. I know you're going to double my money. I was in Las Vegas this week. God's not Las Vegas. God's not a casino. God's not the lottery. God's not a gamble. God doesn't say, gamble your life with me. He says, prove me now. Prove me now and see. He says, what I'm telling you works. A lot of times we think, well, monetary blessings. God's got the windows of heaven are open. The blessings are falling tonight. It's money, money, money in my pockets. No, it's joy, joy, joy in my heart. Because when you do, right, you have joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Hey, listen, perfect peace. Perfect peace because our hearts and minds are stayed on him. When Christ is on the throne, we have love, we have joy, we have peace, we have long-suffering, we have gentleness, we have goodness, we have faith, we have meekness, we have temperance. We devalue those things for material possessions because we're worshiping the wrong God, aren't we? If we're worshiping God, we'll trust God. We have faith in God. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. You say, sometimes it doesn't make sense. Hey, listen, there's a lot of times it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. You say, so you, mean, you mean if I'm just sitting here, if you're trying to figure out whether or not it's going to make sense for you to obey God, it's not always going to make sense. Family will be against it. Friends will be against it. You know, people in your life, they'll, be against, they'll, they'll oppose you. You'll, you'll have the world opposing you. Hey, listen, yea, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Uh, the, the, the following Jesus, we said last week, is about laying something down, but it's about picking something up, isn't it? Picking up that cross and following him. That cross is something to bear in this world. But aren't we glad we're not going to bear that cross forever? Just like Jesus didn't bear that cross forever. You know, we're going to bear that cross in this life. You know, there's a lot of people that are promising when you get saved, everything's going to be healthy and wealthy in your life. Not so. It's not the truth. You know, you're going to have problems. You're going to get sick. People are going to die. You're not going to understand it all. You're going to have trials. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fire trials that is to try you. You're going to have hardships. But the difference is, you would have had all that stuff without Jesus. Now you have it, but you have Jesus. And he's with you all the way. He'll never leave you or forsake you. He'll give you peace in the midst of the storm. Jesus doesn't always calm the storm. Sometimes he just fits you to face the storm that you're in. You know, sometimes he just conforms you to his image and likeness through the storm. Boy, he's doing a work on us. He began it. He's, he's faithful to complete it, isn't he? You with me this morning? You know, don't get the wrong idea. You come to God's house, you got the wrong idea about salvation and the wrong idea about the Savior and the wrong idea about your sins and, and the wrong idea uh, about your stuff. Hey, listen, get the right idea what Jesus gave here. And then lastly, there's some that have the wrong idea about God's sovereignty. The wrong idea about God's sovereignty. You say, what are you talking about? Jesus gave testimony here that it's hard for a rich man to enter in the kingdom of heaven. It's hard for somebody to let go of their stuff and to follow Jesus. It's hard for somebody to come to the right conclusion when they have all the wrong ideas. Let's be honest. Anybody have a brother, sister, family member? And you look at them and you say, boy, I've given them the gospel. I wonder if they'll ever get saved. I wonder if they'll ever get saved. I wonder if they'll ever come to Christ. I've lived uh, uh, the best I know how. I've lived out the life of Jesus Christ in my life. They've seen that in my life. I've given them the gospel. I've, I, I, I've offered it to them. I've been kind to them. I've loved them. I've prayed for them. 
And it just seems like they're just never going to come to Christ. You heard a testimony this morning from, from, from a man who is now in ministry, whose brother prayed and prayed and, and prayed and prayed and prayed. And I wonder if there were days where he said, I'm going to quit. It's not worth it. It's too hard for him to come to Christ. You know, some are theologically even in their own doctrine saying that some will never come or some cannot come. But notice what Jesus says. Look what he says in verse number 26. But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. You know what that says to me? Oh boy, it'd be impossible for a man to save that man. But it's not impossible for God to save that man. It'd be impossible for me or you to talk him out of his possessions, to talk him away from his stuff, to to get him to abandon all those things. Even Jesus speaking to this rich young ruler, notice he went away sad. He didn't follow Jesus. He didn't believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. He wasn't saved here. Did he ever get saved? I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us. I hope that he did. But the truth, uh, hey, listen, even Nicodemus came to Jesus by night being a rich ruler himself. But did not Nicodemus come to Christ? Wasn't religion a hurdle for him? Wasn't his stuff a rich ruler himself having much? A ruler of the Jews? Uh, uh, History would tell us one of the most influential and wealthy men in the city of Jerusalem at the time. But yet Nicodemus is one that went for the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, helped Joseph of Arathia bury him, gave testimony later that he had been saved. You know, see, it's hard sometimes for people to come to Christ, but it's not impossible with God. And this is what I want to say to you this morning. If you're not saved, you may be thinking, boy, it'd be hard for God to save me because you don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't know, listen, I've come to church and I feel like I'm sitting in a group of of people who are pretty good. They're church-going people. I'm not like them. I'm a mess. I've done wrong. You know you're ahead because you believe that this morning? Because you're seeing yourself the way you need to see yourself. Not worthy. Not worthy. Some think, that's too hard. It's too hard. No. With God, nothing's impossible. With God, nothing's impossible. you believe that this morning? Hey, listen, if you're a Christian, you're praying for somebody that's lost. With God, nothing's impossible. Some of you sit here and you're a walking miracle. You're a walking miracle. You should be dead. You, you should be dead. You should be in hell. You, you should have perished. Hey, listen, how many of us have done stupid things, uh, been in accidents, been in places before we came to Christ where we could have been lost and died and gone to hell, but God was merciful to you. God was gracious to you. He lets you live another day. He lets you be on this earth another day. Why? So that you could hear the message of the gospel and be saved. You know what? As a Christian, here's the thing. 2015 just rolled around, right? As we're reminded of the time, it's been 2015 years since Jesus Christ came to earth. Why has he tarried another year? Well, I believe this, because he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I believe he's tarried another year because he knows the time, he knows the seasons, we don't. But they're in his hands. It's not for us to know, but he's left us here with a mission, hasn't he? And he said, I've given you another day 
I've given you another period of time. You say, well, I'll, I'll tell someone tomorrow. I'll witness the next day. Hey, listen, we don't know if we have another day. God's given us this day. This is the day the Lord hath made. We'll rejoice and be glad in it. Listen, boast not yourself of tomorrow, for thou knowest not what a day may bring forth. We don't know if we have another day. We believe in the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ. You don't know if you have another day to witness. You don't have, no, hey, friend, you don't know if you have another day to find him, to receive him, to follow him. Jesus' invitation is pretty clear, though, isn't it? Follow me. Follow me. Hey, when we make that decision to follow Jesus, we believe who he is. Hey, listen, why would we follow him if we didn't believe who he was? We follow him because we believe who he is. And what does he do? He makes us. He changes us. He changes us. Did he not change his disciples? They left their nets. They followed him. I think of Matthew, who who was the penman that God used to write this book that we're in this morning. One day he was sitting at the receipt of custom. The Bible says he's a tax collector, not popular with his family, not popular with his nationality because of who he was serving the Roman Empire, doing their work, doing a little bit of the dirty work there. And Jesus walked up and said, I want you. I want you. Come and follow me. The Bible says he left everything and he followed him. Listen, you can leave everything behind your goodness, all the things you think about yourself that make you, you're going to get there, you're going to get there on your own, you leave all that stuff behind. Your, your stuff, your possessions, you leave it all behind. And you say, I just got to leave it all, follow Jesus. Whatever you're trusting in this morning that's keeping you from following Jesus, you need to leave it behind. Lay it down. Lay it down. Jesus Christ came so that you could have life. I'd have it more abundantly. Some of you have been saved. Listen, another day to pray, another day to witness, another day to live out the life of Jesus, another day to follow him, another day to be a servant. Hey, let's not, let's not waste the day. Let's not waste our time. Let's not stop following him. Sometimes we do that, don't we? We leave him. The songwriter said, though I forget him and wander away, still doth he love me wherever I stray. Back to his dear loving arms would I flee when I remember that Jesus loves me. Kids, sing that song, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. You know, the most profound and deep truth in God's word doesn't contradict with the simplest one. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. I wonder, do you know Jesus today? Do you know him? Is he your savior? Is he your Lord? If God has used this ministry in any way to be a blessing to you, please take a moment to send us an email to info at opendoornj.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online at opendoornj.org. Thanks for tuning in.